This is Health Matters with Sipla. It's Ryan O'Connor. You're listening to Health Matters, proudly brought to you by Sipla. Now, before 2020, the world was already becoming much more digital. The health sector was not being left behind. I mean, I remember, and I'm sure you do too, days when doctors used to write their patient notes with a pen on paper to be kept in a cardboard folder in a filing cabinet. Now it's mostly done on laptops and tablets. The COVID-19 pandemic sped many things up in terms of digital innovation and the medical world followed suit. But when we talk about digital health as a concept, what is it that we're really talking about? What are the upsides and of course the potential downsides? Pam Lorenko is the digital manager for Sipla and she's here to demystify this all for us. Hi Pam. Hi, Ryan. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. Lovely to chat. Now, we talk about digital health. What is digital health? Talk us through its evolution. Oh, wow. It's quite a large evolution, but quite a simple one. And when I go into it, some of you will realize that uh, digital health has been with us actually for quite a while. So digital health is any type of healthcare that is given to you via some sort of digital mean, be it a yoga app or a fitness app that is actually digital health. Um, Think of also the way that your medical aid um, actually uh, interacts with you via email, giving you your points, giving you your information via your mobile phone, or you've got an app um, where you can view your vitality points. That is in part digital health. We start going in a bit deeper in terms of digital health where we actually start looking at wearable tech, where it starts to actually measure um, information about you. So it's starting to measure how quick your heart rate is going, your blood pressure, how much sleep you're getting. And this is all through Fitbit, Garmin, uh, your Apple Watch. And all of that syncs in with your phone and your health. And then, voila, it starts syncing in with your discovery vitality points as well. And then it becomes this whole gamut keeping you fit. It's a whole way to reward you for looking after your health as well. In other ways, we look at digital health from an e-scripting perspective or telehealth. With the advent of COVID, um, we have seen, obviously, people have been quite afraid of leaving their homes. So when they were looking to get some sort of medical advice, doctors were now allowing um, patients to do Zoom calls and Zoom appointments, giving them a kind of small uh, consultations via that, especially around um, mental health. So because you you may have been suffering a bit from some anxiety during COVID, many people were doing this, you were able to reach your therapist or your psychologist or even a counsellor via WhatsApp or Zoom and you were able to get the health uh, the help that you need. We're also looking at systems. So before, um, you know, not even too long before, your doctors or your healthcare providers would be writing your scripts on paper. <laughs> you would then take your paper. Yes, exactly. And remember, you can't read what they say. Yeah. Uh, their handwriting is horrifying. Yeah. So you would take this horribly written note with your with your medication on it, go into a pharmacy, put the put your script down. The pharmacist would then have to capture it in front of you, capture it into the machine, and then go on from there and then collect your medication and there you go. But um, especially the bigger pharmacies uh, that are all linked and chained together, like Clicks and Dischem, they started with one kind of database. So even if you loaded your prescription in one t- specific Clicks or Dischem, you could go to anyone in the country and they would have all your information loaded on the database as well. So data plays a massive role in how we create and collate um, the information from our patients and also from the healthcare providers themselves and how it gets distributed into the digital health, um, let's call it uh, diversity universe. Sure. There's a universe in, in, yeah. in, the, in the digital wealth um, center. So 
uh, going back into it, now we start looking at things that help from a digital perspective. We're looking at therapeutic robotics. We're looking at robots that are helping people in rehabilitation centers, you know, get the rehab that they need, help them, you know, regain motor function after a stroke. So this in part is also AI. You need people who understand rehabilitation science and to code the robots or at least the AI system uh, in a way that actually helps them. So it's kind of everywhere. But let's say that the first advent of real digital health really started when Apple first launched its watch. And of course, we had wearable tech. And uh, that was then the evolution from there. And the ecosystems that uh, I'd play, I mean, we look, you're looking at not just one singular device. It, it spreads across this amazing ecosystem. When you were talking there about doctors and scripts, it reminded me uh, of a, a conversation that I had recently with somebody who, was, who had a Zoom meeting with their doctor. Uh, their doctor had obviously been uh, consulting them for, for numerous years, so knew the patient's history, was able to issue a script and have it delivered within half an hour to that patient's home without that patient having to leave the comfort of their room. It's gotten that good yeah. that um, last week I had a chat with my therapist. I needed um, a new a new type of medication to help me sleep. It wasn't even sent to me. It was sent directly to my pharmacist. That is incredible. When I went to my pharmacist, it was already, already there, waiting. waiting. It was already packaged. Now, that is convenience. Yeah. So think of digital health as being more accessible and it's sure. healthcare with kindness, yes. but a bit more accessible to everyone who, who in this very busy world, yes. because COVID hasn't really given people much time. Yeah. Uh, they think that they have now that you're working from home, but you're now busier at home. Yes. You're juggling your family, you're still juggling work. You're still juggling, trying to uh, collect all of your deliveries at one time and still trying to manage a home. So it still allows you to get that convenience, but it's not the convenience of just, oh, I'm going to to go off and get um, something from the pharmacist or yes. something that I'm not sure. You're actually getting um, specialized healthcare and it's um, it's definitely very uh, w- intent. It is with intent. Yes. You're getting healthcare that is specific to you, yes. the right medication at the right time. Now, Pamela, I'm interested because there are people who are listening to this that are going, well, listen, this is might be a little scary for me. Um, I'm listening to this. I'm still one of those doctors or I'm still one of those patients that had received a scribbled note from my doctor, I go and I stand in a pharmacy queue and I wait. I'm a bit scared of what technology is doing. Um, they, they really shouldn't be, number one. And number two, for anybody who's who's trying to apply this to their business going forward, it is not very, I mean, you and I are talking about things to a lot of people that might be going over the head. To you and I, it makes perfect sense. A lot of people that might not make sense. It really is a comfortable and easy thing to do. And people think that, you know, I've got to learn some new tech. I've got to learn something new. It's not that hard to get your head around if you've never done it before. Most definitely. And I think from a consumer perspective, um, you know, the, the I think the fear stems from data protection. Sure. Um, who's in charge of my data? What are they reading? They have access to my health information. You know, is this going to hurt me? Maybe they're keeping maybe they're keeping a diagnosis away from their family. Yeah. You know, they're a bit worried. Um, it, it's definitely unfounded fears. There are, fe- there are fears that can be quite, you know, allayed in, in a very sure. simple way. In terms of usage, think of the first time you got an iPhone or you got your Samsung phone or you 
you got your Nokia 3310 yeah. back in the day. You <laughs> had no yeah, idea how to yeah, use your phone. Exactly. <laughs> and now you're you're a whiz on, on the thing. You type out messages with one hand while, you know, brushing your teeth and looking at yourself in the mirror. Uh, it becomes almost like a second nature. So learning the technology is not that hard. Uh, it actually gets pretty quick. And what's the wonderful thing about uh, these things and also uh, digital health is like wearable tech and like the apps that you use for yoga or for relaxation or just, um, you know, an app on your phone that just makes beautiful music just so that you can just calm down for a few seconds is they become part of your daily life and you start to forget that you're wearing your Apple smartwatch or your Fitbit or your wearable tech or your, you know, your tracker in any way. You go to shower with it, you swim with it, you do whatever you need to do with it every now and again. The only way you remember is because the battery's gone flat and now it's starting to beep at you. So, you know, in, in essence, you're a human Tamagotchi. <laughs> so, but um, it's a very, very easy thing. And once you accept it uh, gracefully, it becomes part of your lifestyle. Uh, I don't remember a life without having a laptop in my life. I don't sure. remember a time where I ha don't have a cell phone. If I lose my cell phone, I'm, go I'm going, oh, goodness, you know, how do I use this rotor, um, you know, <laughs> phone with the little rotor keypad? I have no idea how that thing works. So it's, it's definitely something that if you're open to it sure. and you just give it some time, mm. you will see the benefits from it as well. You've mentioned some of the digital health champions that are out there. You've listed a whole name of them, but there are people that are really interested in pioneering and taking that space a lot further. Um, some of those big brands, Apple, you mentioned Samsung. In the pharmaceutical world, there's uh, we think of Cipla, we think of other companies that are, are on the very forefront of making that technology accessible, uh, not only to uh, your professional clients, but to the masses of people. Yes. So um, in terms of champions, there are two that stands out in mind. It's Discovery. Yes. A discovery has taken digital health to new heights. They were the first ones to really create a discovery app for you to go onto your phone, view your vitality points, monetize your health in a way um, uh, in terms of incentivizing you. And of course, uh, you know, surprise and delight. Uh, they give you the surprise where you, you get a certain amount of points. You run that marathon. Good on you. But also here's discount vouchers for your flights. <laughs> but please keep, keep using more vitality Correct. products. Absolutely. So, um, and also when COVID hit, they were the first to go through the whole Zoom process. You had a bunch of doctors or a whole, uh, you know, a whole amount of selected doctors that they had on rotation. And you could book your Zoom appointment through the Discovery website. And using your medical aid number, you can get all of this information sent to you. And also, um, they, they really just made it pretty easy for you to monitor getting your COVID symptoms. I remember I have the Discovery app on my phone. Yes. My app changed overnight. All yeah. of a sudden, there was information about COVID-19, what I needed to do, where I could go to get tested. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. And yeah. this is a public health service mm -hmm. and was providing a service to make it easier to you in a place where we were afraid. Sure. And and in a, in, in a time that we were afraid and, and a lot of confusion was abound, and they were pretty helpful in that. Yes, there are other medical aids that also do that. I mean, Bonitas is doing that now. We're also seeing Fed Health is running quite through with their apps. But I think the way that Discovery did it and how they were very vocal about it mm. um, really helped them in their case. The second with Discovery is the integration with um, your wearable tech 
into their vitality system. So now you have your your smartwatch. It's now tracking your breathing. It's now tracking the fact that uh, you are running around. It's also tracking that you're sleeping. Maybe not enough. Yesterday, my watch told me that I was running a marathon. No, I was just having a panic attack. There was no marathon. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, thank you for that. So, yeah. so your wearable tech is telling you what you need to know. And Discovery saw a gap in the market to be like, how do we surprise and delight um, our consumers who yes. are taking care of their health. If you're buying a health tracker in, t- in terms of wearable tech, you are definitely someone who is taking care of your health. You're, you're more, uh, more than acutely aware that you need to be exercising, being active, and you are being very, very consistent in that and also holding yourself to account. They love that. Discovery loves it. So let's. Uh, so they found a way to actually hook into that uh, you know, Apple Health or Samsung Health data and also get the data from you. Okay, we see that you've run five kilometers this week or you've run 10 kilometers, you've reached your goal. Here's a vitality point. Now you're no longer on bro- blue, you are now on bronze. It's and off so you go to addictive. silver. Pamela, you're talking like that. I'm listening to I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I do this. I chase down those points because I need to chase down those points. I feel better about it. They feel better about it. It's a win-win for everybody. And remember before, you had to go into a gym. Yeah. It's true. And the only way that you could get yeah. the points at the time yeah. was to swipe your gym card and they would they would like time you. Okay, he's been here for 45 minutes. Exactly. Yeah, he, he might have done he something. Have done and then you and then you walk out. And there were ways to actually wink wink nudge nudge jippo the system because you could get other people to go and scan you in and out. Oh no, <laughs> wink, my wink, favorite nudge, nudge. <laughs> My favourite was going to a version active, swipe, yeah. going into the sauna, going out, uh, swipe. <laughs> you've been there, you've done your time. I've done my time. Let me get my kawaii as a reward. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Technology's caught up to us both, Pamela. We can't do that anymore. Exactly. Uh, but this is wonderful. Um, now, obviously, there are downsides to everything. What are some of the downsides to to all of this? Um, yeah. You know, it's the accessibility. Okay. The people who need it most are probably the ones who have not benefited from digital health. I'm talking about people in, you know, rural areas, people who are far out areas in poorer areas that do not have access to Wi-Fi or data. Um, The cost of data, as we know, is exorbitant in South Africa um, and it makes it a bit harder for them. They're also probably not affiliated to a medical aid, um, which is obviously the pioneers of that kind of communication, that direct-to-consumer digital health communication that we get. Mm. So this is the problem is they are the ones that actually need it. You know, you have women in rural areas who need to you know, go to clinics and they'll walk 14, 10, 12 kilometers to their nearest clinic where they could possibly in one way go to maybe a community center where there's a po- computers and a library with an internet connection, meet their clinic sister over Zoom and get the information that they need. It would be much better to help. And yeah, that's the downside in everyone is that not everyone can reap the rewards of digital health and this kind of way. What we can do is we can start lobbying governments, working together with governments as CIPLA, as other pharmaceuticals, working together with CIPLA, um, sorry, governments Governments, to make sure that these um, communities start getting these kinds of benefits, either by giving them computer centers or just paying for the internet you know, and allowing them to actually just be able to actually access these things. Um, The second one um, is more data concerns, especially privacy concerns around data. There's a lot of data at play. You're collecting data from your consumers or your your patients. You're collecting health data. You're collecting health data and data from your doctor. You're you're also... uh, 
you know, collecting data from hospitals and health institutions. And all of this has a lot in play with people's privacy. And this kind of privacy is not, it's it's a little bit more dangerous than something like your Facebook being hacked. Um, it's, it's right up there with, you know, your bank accounts being hacked. Sure. This is some serious information that you do not want the public to know mm. um, and could be detrimental to you or to your, um, I don't know, your um, yourself business, or your anything, business, 100%. your reputation. Yes. So the, there's always a risk that there would be a data breach of some kind. But I think in the same time as... I don't think that hackers have maybe seen the potential yet sure. of what the data holds. So yeah. they keep going for the smaller fish. However, yeah. it's something that um, proponents of digital tech and people who make um, the systems and the technologies and the data readers um, that create digital tech and make it possible needs to keep in the back of their minds and securing it. How do we keep it secure? And how do we promise the consumer and the end uh, patients yes. that their data is secure? And I mean, to that point as well, we're moving at such a rapid pace in the digital space that I remember when five, th four, three years ago, when if there was a breach of information anywhere, it would take you a hell of a lot longer to kind of remedy it um, and, and get it right again. Uh, kind of a, 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 let authorities know that my information has been hacked. In, the, in this day and age, we are moving at such, to your point earlier, on such a rapid speed that things, when they do happen to get hacked, within the space of minutes, they're resolved and it's kind of a done. Or at least on. you know that it's been hacked. Or you at least you know. <laughs> And you're prepared. 100%. Um, you know, it's it's such a great way of saying it. And I think also we've become a bit more clever. Yes. Um, we, we definitely are able to see, um, you know, breaks in the system, sure. some, some you know, some weaker points as well. But I also think that the consumers and, you know, the patients and people are getting a bit more clever yeah. in what kind of the data they want to share. We've seen it now on Facebook and social media. People are deleting their WhatsApps. People are deleting their Facebook accounts because they no longer want to be viewed in, sure. in with a Microsoft a microscope, sure. yeah. and they they no longer want to you know uh, share the information that they don't think that companies and corporations should have their hand on. Yeah. So it brings us to a question of who holds the data at yes. the end of the day. Yes. Is it your medical aid or is yeah. it the government's? Yes. And now with many governments going through some sort of turmoil, so obviously in the US there's a bit more trust there, but um you know in some countries like maybe country that's going through war or maybe um through some strife are they happy with um you know uh, your, the, their governments uh, getting a hold of their health information and holding it so it becomes almost an ethical question of who holds what yes. and it really comes to the pharmaceutical company is in the country and the country and also the people to actually find a way to work this out so in, in order for digital tech to um grow yes. in order for it to evolve Expand. into what we want exactly. and it needs to evolve to a point where everyone is covered everyone is able to be assisted sure. everyone gets the care that they deserve absolutely and i think that you you hit on a couple of very important things there trust being the key component to all of this if you go along and have the trust in your doctor to go and see them to diagnose you uh, then surely when that doctor says you need x or y to make you better you have trust in the pharmaceutical who's supplying you with their medication the same pharmaceutical company that's possibly putting together an app to make your life that much better, your digital well-being uh, as, as a priority. And I mean, they're doing that not to pry into your life. They're doing that to make your life a lot easier. So I think if you can accept that from that point of view, that the streamlining uh, that's taking place in the digital um, realm is done for the con your convenience if you're listening to this. Um, now, that leads me to our final question because this is so interesting and so fun chatting about. But the future, I mean, we, we don't even know what's going to happen next week in terms of the future and, and, and the kind of technology that's 
that's coming out because it's the landscape is so rapidly changing. It's it's by the time you're listening to this now, I can promise you between Pam and I, we've got one new piece of technology uh, in that space of time. There's been about two or three updates to to our our, our OS systems on our devices. Um, it's an ongoing um, uh, you know uh, progression technology, but the the future. How how do you see that? Um, it's already started. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok, as, as here we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely, I think the future is in re- rehabilitation robotics. Um, definitely wow. um, robotics and AI technology that will help people um, in rehab centers. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about physical rehabilitation. Mm. Um, people who suffered from a stroke or maybe an accident, you have robotics that can actually assist them regain their motor functions and actually assist them in, you know, gaining some sort of mobility as well. Um also, you have um, augmented reality in the healthcare space and 3D modeling. So this is already happening when you have um, your, your kind of like CT scans and stuff that can really see. But then you've got augmented reality where you're able to see it in 3D yes. and remove some parts and also start putting in data inputs where if you had to, say, take a risky surgery, putting in the data input, allowing uh, potentially see what the outcome is and um, also calculating the survival rate or the accuracy rate of those systems. We're not there yet but where it's it definitely seems like we're going there and when I, when I talk about this it actually reminds me of scenes from house and Grey's Anatomy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know they've got like this whole 3d render in front of them yeah, and and yeah. you know there's the the computer's calculating if you if you do an incision here but not, not over here not over there. this exactly. is a, this person has this chance to survive but it really is like that they are looking at 3d modeling they are looking at um, augmented reality they are looking at data input systems where they're looking at the odds of survival if they do this? What are the risk factors? You know, and digital will never ever replace the care and the the nuanced and the creativity mm. that doctors have Absolutely. and that healthcare professionals have and um, you know even nurses have the bedside manner. What it does is it makes their job a little bit easier mm. and it will also try to make their job a little bit more accurate mm. so that they give you the best possible healthcare that they can provide. Pam, I am, like I said, this is my favorite subject. Um, so you and I could sit talking for days on this. It's so refreshing to chat to you. And just to kind of realize that our future is, whether you embrace it or not, in safe hands in that technological sphere. We are moving forward. And if we don't embrace now, some or other time we're going to have to learn to embrace. It's a safe space to be. Uh, and I think that you've kind of opened our eyes to where we're going in terms of especially, especially when I think of our digital health. Uh, it's so important to you and I and everyone listening. Uh, and we know that at least there are companies like Ciplo who've got that in mind in terms of the next step of the whole, the whole process. So thanks for joining us on this podcast and uh, being so insightful. Thank you so much, Ryan, for having me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Health Matters, Ryan O'Connor and the incredible, and I hope you really enjoyed us, uh, our, our guest today, Pamela Lorenko, who uh, was very insightful in terms of the digital marketing sphere that Ciplo are offering uh, and are going to offer in the future. And we look and we wait uh, with bated breath as to see the amazing uh, results in the next couple of weeks, months and years. Uh, this is in partnership with Ciplo. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, remember to rate and review the show. And we'll be back, of course, next week with another brand new episode. You've just enjoyed Health Matters with Sepler.